0: Godge. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, you're listening to The Nudge with Julian and Ash, where each episode we explore ways in which we can better ourselves and act towards achieving what we want to achieve in our lives.
1: Yeah, so last week we had a really good chat about change.
0: Yeah, and today when we came together to do this, you asked me, you know, have you held yourself accountable for embracing some aspect of change this last week? I was like, oh, I'm not too sure, but you sort of helped me realize that I did make a bit of a lifestyle change. As we mentioned last week, I started my new Instagram account at Julian. Gaspari, if you want to follow me. (laughs) And I uploaded my first post, which was of my bungee jump that I did on my 23rd birthday. And I posted it on the day. And when I got back from the trip, the one year anniversary of my skydive came about. And I thought, oh, this is a perfect chance to, you know, throw back to my skydive and an excuse to, you know, upload it online and own it and be proud of it. So I posted the image and then I started to make a bit of a caption, which became a bit longer and longer. And then I realized, oh, I wrote a journal when I did this interstate trip. Let me go back and read it. And I reread it. I typed it up. And then I made some edits and whatnot. And all of a sudden I had about six or 700 words of this Whoa. story regarding my skydive and the impact it had on me personally, as well as what I was feeling in the moment and taking in everything through all my senses. So I tackled probably one of the biggest changes of all, which is obviously, you know, procrastination, but achieving that sense of balance and not being all or nothing. And I started a blog under my name, which is juliengaspari.wordpress.com. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love that. The little the of- shame this plug. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I've always said, yeah, I'm going to have a blog under my name with all my pieces and everything like that, but I'll do it once, you know, I write a little bit more and a little bit more and I have more of a portfolio to showcase all of my work rather than just one piece at a time. And that really isn't the way to to do things, you know? Just write it, upload it, get it done, get it going. But, yeah, that's a bit of a change for me. I started that blog, and hopefully that would motivate me in itself to keep writing a bit more and to keep posting on Instagram. But, yeah.
1: It's almost like the nudge off the ledge gave you that nudge. Yeah, exactly, like (laughs) doing the bungee. To just do it, yeah. And, I mean, back to our first week, Action expresses priorities, right? So you just took the plunge and you just took the action. I'm
0: prioritizing my writing. Exactly. Exactly. For me, it was about being the author of my own fate, to use a a writing (laughs) metaphor, but yeah. So many
1: metaphors in there. I mean, change is a huge thing. And another thing that we always say is like, it's a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, We've said that from the start and... Yeah, change is a big part of that journey. I also had a big change happen in my life recently that I've shared with you guys. I've moved... Really, And that has created a big change in my life. Um, mm-hmm. Something that I didn't anticipate, actually. I mean, I knew it was going to change things up. And I still don't actually think, if I'm honest, that I have embraced all of that change. That's still something that I think will come slowly. Mm-hmm. But my big accomplishment and my big accountability that I think I faced is I moved into a new house and that is a new experience for me as well. So I've moved in with a, another lady. Yeah, I've never done this. I mean, I've lived with family and friends, but this is a whole new level. I also live with a dog now, which is a change. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's not a, a huge thing, but mm-hmm. it's okay.
0: But yeah, it's amazing how new changes and and lifestyle changes can really reinforce habits, whether good or bad. And I think that both of our experiences, Ash, have contrasted greatly. So you're settling into your new lifestyle and I just got back from my trip and I'm, you know, settling back into my old lifestyle. And it's amazing how both in new situations and old, you really learn a lot about yourself and you can discover what these habits are and learn from them.
1: I also think that one thing you learn is that you are capable of more than you think. Absolutely. I think we sell ourselves short. Yeah. And then yeah, you'll, you si- yeah. you accomplish something and you think, "Oh my goodness, I thought I wouldn't be able to handle that. I thought I thought that I would break down after that or something like that, but you just sort of keep going." So, you've said before Julian that after your interstate trips, you feel sort of alive like a new person. Mm. How did you feel after this one?
0: A little different. Oh. <laughs> so, so yeah, from those interstate trips, I felt like a new person. I was ready to continue that state of consciousness where, you know, you're traveling and you're you're open to the world and everything yeah, it's in my daily openness. life. Yeah. yeah. But coming back from this trip, I think it's because I did it with family. I felt a little more reclusive. And I found myself going back into some really old habits that I thought I let go of a while ago. And it is March, so it is... TV series season. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, like.
1: They've all just come back. They've all
0: just come back. Yeah. And I, I wrote down a list, of course, not, <laughs> I would, um, of all the shows. And there's about 10 shows that I plan oh, to, to really watch religiously. And it's like such a bad habit. It's okay to watch shows, but I think it's the way in which I fit that into my lifestyle that is really yes, bad. Yes. And so I guess I got into a bit of a habit. Um, probably since uni where I would try to limit myself to watching shows and try to multitask. And I would do that by saying, okay, I'm going to watch a show while I eat. And then that turned into, I would watch a show, whether it's, In a half hour or an hour time slot during breakfast when it would otherwise take you five to 10 minutes to eat breakfast. And then Mm -hmm. you realize you're sitting there in your pajamas, you've poured a second cup of coffee, and before you know it, your morning's gone. So I think that it's how, yeah, I fit into my lifestyle. It's really unhealthy. And I've been advised not to do that, obviously. Like I have a good friend who tells me, that they listen to music in the morning while they eat breakfast, while they do stuff, because it gets you going. It motivates you, and they only watch TV at night time because that's obviously a good way to, to relax yourself. I mean, I just watch TV in the morning and at night. Like, it's it's not With a good 10 thing.
1: 10 TV shows, how would you even fit it in if you oh, and they did it at night. I know,
0: right? I have to fit it all in. It's not good.
1: <laughs> Whenever I watch a show or when I'm watching a series and I'm smashing it out, I actually think what could I have achieved at this time if I wasn't just sitting here watching oh, a TV show?
0: Just the you regrets. You just
1: wait. <laughs> yeah, the regrets. You waste so much time.
0: Did you watch so- Orange is New Black? Yeah. So you smash it out in like two days, like, like I do, yeah, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah Like you can't watch it any other way. And then like you come out of your bedroom or the lounge room after marathoning <laughs> 13 episodes that are 40 minutes to an hour long each. And you feel like you've come out of prison. Like you're you're <laughs> so invested in it that you've empathized with all the prisoners. You feel like you're walking out of prison. Like you're a different person. So it's good to balance out the shows. Like you know, I think that they do it once a week, not just for time slots. It's a little bit for your health. <laughs> but like my morning routines aren't how I'd like them to be. So I mean, Ash, like you're a normal person. Tell me, like, what your nor- what's your normal. Morning routine, like you get up, breakfast, shower, out of the door, or?
1: Yeah, I do. I'm pretty, pretty vanilla like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, it's different for everyone, though, right? Because some people like to do the old 10,000 alarms. So, they can like sleep in for as long as possible. I'm like, uh, set the alarm for as late as possible. Like, you have no choice. So, so that, yeah, you have no choice. You have to get up <laughs> straight away after that alarm. So, I'll do that. I've been doing this weird thing recently, actually, where I won't set like an alarm. I won't snooze it. I'll just wake up and I'll give myself another 10 minutes. Like, I'll set another alarm. Oh. It's really strange. I don't know why I've started doing this. Maybe I need more sleep. Anyway, then I'll do just the boring things makeup, hair. Breakfast. I'm trying. I'm not in a good habit with breakfast. Yeah, you're not a
0: breakfast eater, are you? No,
1: and I need to be because I know it's good for me. But I just can't. I can't get into that one. I prioritize other things over it. Mm-hmm. So breakfast is. It's trying to get its way yeah. in, but it's not up there at the moment with yeah. my top things to do in the See, morning.
0: See, the, the funny thing is, like, even though I know that my morning routine is not good. (laughs) It's not good. Like I haven't thought about it. And I think that the fact that I'm not reflecting on it is a sign that it's not good and it's out of whack.
1: And I think that's a big point that we actually haven't touched on yet, that a lot of habitual behaviour actually goes unnoticed by the people that are exhibiting it. So You're doing these things without really giving it much thought. I mean, even for us right now, we've only just thought, oh, yeah, that's a habit that I'm in. And we're, you know, deciding now that's something that we want to change.
0: And according to the American Journal of Psychology, a habit is defined as a fixed way of thinking, willing or feeling acquired through previous repetition of a mental experience, which is so true.
1: Yeah, it's all about behaviours, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and decisions that we directly and indirectly make that can make us feel comfortable in our day-to-day lives and subliminally rewards us.
1: Mm, yeah, the idea of reward, I think, is a really big impact on your habits. You've got to be positively rewarded, I believe, to make it a habit, good or bad.
0: Yeah, and we receive lots of positive rewards through really bad habits, which is really unfortunate. But what is some of yours that you think you want to work on?
1: I mean, I'd love to do a lot more exercise. I've been... Just going for walks recently, just the whole lifestyle change has caused me a bit of turmoil. But yeah, I also, oh, one thing that I really want to do that everybody's doing, and I did it for a little while, is drinking the three litres of water a day, or, you know, Mm -hmm. heaps of litres of water a day, because I learnt this really cool thing that I'll share with everyone, that for every 25 kilos of body weight, you're supposed to drink a litre of water.
0: I didn't know that. I thought it was just two to three litres a day for everyone, but... It yeah. depends on the person. Yeah. Obviously.
1: Yeah, obviously. I mean, that's if I guess you're trying to lose like a little bit of weight or something like that. I mean,. Three is sort of the benchmark for most people. Um, if you can get to that, you're doing good. But yeah,
0: that just made me realise I don't know how much water I've been drinking every day. <laughs> as of late, no, I used to like I Julian's used...
1: face right now is very worried. What?
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh no, am I drinking enough water? No, like I used to know exactly how much water was going mm. to my system, which was you know two to three liters a day.
1: Mm.
0: This last yeah, these last few months, no, right, exactly, it hasn't been a I f- priority.
1: I feel the same and. Yeah, I definitely know I'm not drinking enough and I think I'm feeling quite tired and, yeah, I feel like it could be due to the water thing. Is It's right. not something that I want to change. Yeah,
0: I mean, and, and that's coming from me and I'm on my third coffee today. That's another bad habit. That yeah,
1: time. oh, damn, me too. Every time – coffee for me is also a bored thing as well. So if I'm, like, a little bit bored, I'll be like – oh, I feel like a hot beverage. I'll just have a coffee.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I can have coffee at like 11 at night and it doesn't do anything yeah, for me. Yeah, i like.
1: saying that. I think I'm kind of the same. It really depends. Sometimes I'll have a coffee and I'll be like, let's do this. So excited. And then other times I'm just the same.
0: Mm. And I do have a lot of good habits. I do eat healthy. I do yoga. I am a motivated person. I am very passionate. So I do have that energy to look towards the future and, try to stay motivated to achieving my goals especially since starting this podcast like nothing can stop us now
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah so forming a habit a lot of the time is an automatic thing and there's this common misconception that's been floating around for as long as I can remember about it taking 21 days to break a habit have you heard of that one
0: yeah, I've heard that one. That's been around since like the 60s.
1: Yeah, so that theory was actually first started by a plastic surgeon, which is a bit random because yeah. why is a plastic surgeon making Talking up about behavioural
0: psychology. Exactly,
1: yeah, a little bit confusing. So he was a plastic surgeon in the 1950s and his name was Maxwell Maltz. And when he was working on his patients, he would notice that it would take them about 21 days to start getting used to their new faces or new limbs as well. So this is kind of where this theory started off. And so he published this information in the 1960s in a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. Yeah, and it was such a hit, it sold over 30 million copies. And because it was such a big thing and everybody knew about it, it did get taken out of context. So he had a phrase that said it takes a minimum of 21 days to break a bad habit. However, public speakers and and psychologists and things like that have taken it out of context and now they say it takes 21 days to break a habit so that's where the confusion has come
0: right I mean I wouldn't necessarily call getting used to your face as a habit perhaps that was taken out of context it could even be a 1960s vernacular as opposed (laughs) to our day to day way of speaking but I mean according to that it obviously wasn't meant for day to day habits I'm guessing so maybe it was just something that was just taken out of context but since the 1960s there have been studies to prove this theory wrong it doesn't always take 21 days to make or break a habit there was actually a study done in 2009 at the university college of london And basically they rounded up 96 participants to investigate how long it took for the participants to automate a daily routine, whether it would be exercising or eating well, and it was individualized to them and to their needs. So obviously they used that to get rid of any variables. So for instance, if one participant hated working out and the other loved it, that obviously wouldn't be an accurate assessment of developing or breaking a habit. So they found that it took anywhere between 18 and 254 days to make this habit. Jeez. Yeah, and that average as 66 days. So now, I mean if you Google it or if you do some light <laughs> research or whatever, that 21 days has turned into like 66 days and that is based off of at least one study as opposed to a plastic surgeon's quote in a book. Yeah, <laughs> so, In the 1960s. <laughs> yeah, that is more realistic as, you know, 21 days seems a little short. I mean, we've all made our little pursuits to strive to enforce a good habit or break a bad habit but yeah I mean 66 sounds a bit more realistic
1: I think the 21 days is probably a good mark in terms of having that habit sort of in your mind
0: because you can see the end
1: yeah exactly I think it's probably enough to sort of build it up that you have sort of an expectation on yourself but not necessarily have an automatic reaction not have that habit as an automatic thing
0: Exactly. And even with my journal, I'm three months in Mm, at this stage, which is great. So that technically breaks that 66 days in. However, if I said, yeah, I'm not going to journal today, that good habit of writing in that journal every day will be broken instantly. I mean, I do love to write. It is a good outlet for me, but I think that what's keeping me going is motivation and expectation. I don't think it's automated yet. I'm not like an obsessive compulsive writer. Um, Yeah. As much as I would love to be, that would make my job so much easier. Yeah.
1: I know, I feel exactly the same way. But I think it is really one thing that you mentioned. It's individualised. Yes. It really is up to the person and, you know, how quickly they can pick up things and change habits, break them, gain them, all that sort of stuff that I reckon. Because I think personally, I maybe take more up near that 200 mark to make something an automatic response. Because if I just stop for one day, it's gone.
0: If only we were able to just stop. The bad habits.
1: Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> just, like, just
0: drop it like that and then continue with you know, living our lives as... as <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, I wish actually, that would be great.
0: I start really well with things. So it can take me a really short amount of time to enforce good behavior. I wouldn't say habit, but yeah. you know, to enforce good behavior. Because in the moment you're thinking, yes, nothing can stop me now. You're not thinking of all the consequences or how tired it's making you or how bored you're getting or whatever.
1: Yeah. And I remember actually when I was younger and I started going to the gym. Right. One of the instructors there actually said, it's so good that you're here because it's so much easier for young people to instill good habits, to keep those throughout their life. You will want to keep exercising and you'll want to keep doing that because you've started it so young.
0: Yeah, we're in our 20s. Like if we can (laughs) keep it going.
1: Get those good habits now. Hopefully they'll help set us up.
0: Exactly. So then we're not old and and regretful. That's like my biggest fear in life is just being (laughs) regretful. So
1: You want to be YOLOing? Yeah. <laughs> so. To a certain extent. But there's like
0: so much pressure because of that. And I think that a part of that pressure is what can drive me to do good things and to to instill good habits. And I think it's a little silly to objectify such a subjective subject. There is so many different routes that you can go into with this discussion about good and bad habits. And I think a big part of the reason that makes it so difficult to even talk about is that it's so up in the air. It's like automated responses that we don't always feel like we have control over. So then when we do try and take control over it, I mean, putting a number on the amount of days that it takes to make or break is a little silly. Like, I think that we should be more so focusing on ourselves and what we can do. Um, It is very subjective. It is very individualized. There are tons of variables that make it really difficult to track
1: Yeah, I think perfect how you said it, instead of focusing on that number, you've got to focus on yourself and the growth that you're seeing, or, you know, the the habits that you're seeing develop. Because I've noticed even in myself with healthy lifestyle and going to the gym and things like that, a lot of the times the gyms will have eight week challenges or six week challenges Mm -hmm. where they monitor you and they monitor your food. They give you like specific exercises, all that stuff. And sometimes I'm just so focused on getting to the end of those yeah. eight weeks and then so when I can you... party or exactly. have some chocolate. And then
0: when you get to the end, you drop it just like that. It's that easy to drop. So yeah, if, you do, if you're too busy marking down all the days on your calendar, rather than embracing the good habits in the moment and allowing it to be a part of your new lifestyle, it's not going to work out well, I don't yeah. think.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, every single time I've had to do another challenge because the success of the first challenge hasn't lasted with me till the next yeah. one. And Those, those fitness challenges
0: challenges are almost like diets and they say the diets don't work mm. lifestyle changes work so there you go maybe mm-hmm. we can uh, delve a little more deeply into that a bit later yeah but yeah it can be quite confronting to realize that something that you know is a part of your life and that you love to do is a bad habit and mm. it's quite toxic for your being but there goes to say that the first step is to admit that you have a problem and i think <laughs> that like as long as you're consciously aware that something isn't good for you then you're on the right path
1: Yeah, and I mean, bad habits as well can really affect your goals, which is something that we've talked about in the past, you know, that can really stop you from achieving really good things or even just working towards something if you've got a habit that you don't even admit to, Mm -hmm. or, you know, subconsciously it occurs, it's really going to affect, you know, your goals and yeah, how you sort of put your best set forward. So, a really awesome quote that I came across when looking into this topic of habits and, you know, good lifestyle is a quote by Warren Buffett, who is an American investor and a philanthropist. And he has a really cool ideal about habits and how they can positively affect your life so he says chains of habit are too light to be felt until they are too heavy to be broken
0: that's so deep wow <laughs>
1: i know and i really like it i mean there was other sort of ones that i came across that were a bit more light-hearted successful no, I, people you know yeah. create successful habits and all that sort of stuff but i think this is a really interesting one because when you think about it it's so true because it's such an unconscious thing mm-hmm. and then when you try and change it
0: it's too late.
1: Exactly. And I just think, yeah, that's so spot on for anything that you do in your life. Yeah.
0: So that's why it's really important to reflect on, you know, what you're doing day to day and really nudging yourself to tackle anything that might be toxic in your life before you realize, oh, it's too late to break free from this habit. So something that occurred to me now that would actually be a really good way of tackling this is through a journal. And Not necessarily the journal that I've been writing in every day, but more so dot points. Like it could be what you do from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. So wake up at this time, have this for breakfast at this time. It took me this long to eat breakfast. I watched a 40-minute show during eating (laughs) breakfast. Like, And each time you drink a glass of water, you know, reference that. But if you list everything objectively, without any excuses, without any explanation, it can be really confronting and help you realize wow, is this me? Is this my lifestyle? I think that that is actually a really good way to maybe discover bad habit.
1: Yeah, I actually have a really cool story about that. I used to go to this really great gym and they would do these challenges. So an eight week thing where you could learn a healthy lifestyle. You know, you'd have exercise programs, that sort of thing, just to sort of get you back on track or if you need to lose a few kgs or whatever you needed to do. And each week you would have to have a food diary where you wrote down Mm -hmm. everything that you ate. And it is the best way that I've ever stayed accountable for my bad eating or, you know, my bad lifestyle choices because you would write down your alcohol and things like that as well. It's the only way that I've ever been able to sort of stick to a diet Mm -hmm. or, you know, a healthy lifestyle, if we don't want to call things a diet, because I would have to write down that I ate a block of chocolate, right? So I just stopped eating a block of chocolate because I did not want to have to write that down on the piece of paper and take that to my trainer at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. So it's just really funny how that works. Because for me, 100% that worked. Yeah. Yeah. It's a I, cool little thing. Yeah,
0: I'm no stranger to the food diets either. So I've got Crohn's disease and it was like a really long process from the time I was about 16 um, to discovering that I actually had it. I wasn't diagnosed until I was 20, I don't think. And a lot of the physical distress can be caused by food. So I was asked to write a food diary. And unlike you, I didn't like give in to that sense of, oh, I don't want to <laughs> to write this down. Like I just wrote down everything I ate and... You know, whether it was junk or not, I was honest about it, I wrote it down. And I was sort of in denial that certain things would be having an impact on me until I realized, oh, I've been having this every day. I've been giving up other things on certain days. This seems like to be the common denominator. And then I gave up soft drink, something that I was having every day, Mm -hmm. not realizing that Soft drink was like acid to my body and it was one of the things just destroying my insides. And for like a good nine months during the first onset of the illness, I looked like I had taken my wisdom teeth out like Mm. every day, (laughs) every day for nine months. Like my cheeks were just out east to west. Mm. And I think that, yeah, writing things down objectively really allows you to see things from... A different perspective without having to get the opinion of someone else but yeah it's amazing to think that like something as simple as a bad habit can influence your physical well-being and your health you don't think of these things until it's too late as yeah. that quote says yeah
1: yeah and it's really interesting how it can be a physical thing that brings on yeah, because, stress. Yeah, exactly,
0: because we've been talking about, you know, the, the mental yes. um, strain that it can have. You don't think about it, you know, having physical strain, mm,
1: except, definitely. you know,
0: dehydration from not having enough water. Well,
1: that's physical. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, except for that. <laughs> and there's an article on psychcentral.com from Kauza Khan, who's an American clinical hypnotherapist and homeopathic practitioner. And he's written an article called Using Behavioural Psychology to Break Bad Habits. Which is really insightful, I feel
1: Mm, Definitely And
0: it's good to know that science is on your side (laughs)
1: Yeah, it's so true, isn't it? Because sometimes when you're subconsciously doing these things You don't really think that there's a science involved with it, I don't think
0: Yeah, it's all visceral Yes So he mentions a couple of ways and therapies That have been psychologically proven to help rid people of bad habits And one of them is to realise the reward of your bad habit Which is a bit interesting because you don't, you know, because in retrospect, when you think of a bad habit, you feel, you know, you feel guilty, you feel regret, you feel the negative aspects of them. But what makes them a bad habit is the reward from the instant gratification that you receive in the moment. With like a common habit, such as like biting your nails, the... You know, instant gratification that you get from that is probably, you know, a stress reliever. It's something that distracts you from something that could be giving you anxiety. I mean, I don't personally bite my nails, do you, Ash? Yeah, no, I don't. No, but it's a common one that you hear about.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, so the second step of relieving yourself of these bad habits is to impose a punishment, which sounds quite bad, or remove a reward for your bad habit. So I think that um, a really good one for this is, you know, when people bite their nails quite badly, and they get the nail polish that tastes bad. Ah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess you're imposing a punishment, right? Mm -hmm. Because when you then go and bite your nails, you've got a bad taste in your mouth. And nobody likes a bad taste.
0: It's like the shock collar therapy.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, actually, isn't it?
0: And the next step is have a replacement ready. So with this comes figuring out a good habit, which offers that same reward. So, you know, going back to nail biting, if it offers you a bit of a stress reliever, what's something that can better you in the long run that can do the exact same thing to rid yourself of stress in the moment? I mean, and we looked at that in previous weeks, Mm. like, you know, meditation, alternate nostril therapy, yoga.
1: Mm, Yeah, definitely. There's so many things that can relieve stress.
0: But it's a bit difficult because like the ease of access from your teeth to your nails is just like, you know, 0.2 seconds away as opposed to taking your shoes off, getting into like a bit of a shavasana.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which takes
0: time or like, you know, if you're in the wrong setting, it's not appropriate.
1: But breathing techniques would be fine there. Yeah. Because you're already breathing. Exactly.
0: There you go. Or maybe just having music handy, some calming, tranquil music.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: And the next step that Khan mentions is use a mix of small and large rewards. And I think what I get from that is if you're going from a reward to a punishment, so it's sort of like an all or nothing type thing you're sort of setting yourself up for a 50-50 chance of fail. So if you offer yourself a variety of different rewards that you personally can rank their value, you're sort of saying, okay, well, I'm striving to do something at this level. And if it's at a really high level, then you offer yourself the best reward. And even if it's at a small level that you don't think is worthy of a big reward, you're still rewarding yourself for a very small win. And I think that offering a variety of rewards raises the bar.
1: Yeah. So I would say maybe this is, you know, back to the nail biting thing. It's if you don't bite your nails for a week, potentially you can get them nicely painted. And then if you don't do it for a (laughs) month or something like this, you can actually full go out and get a manicure or something like that. That's a good one. It's really epitomizes the treat yourself theory. Mm. I think it's like once I do something good. I can give myself a little treat, pat yeah. on the
0: back. And if you set it up on a time basis, mm. it sort of reinstates the day-by-day day theory, you know, taking it
1: one step at a time. It's really setting goals, isn't it? Yeah. Which brings us to the last point that Khan mentions, which is tell others about your goals. And I really love this one because I think that's that accountability thing. It's making sure that somebody else knows what you're working towards so then they can ask you about it and keep you on track.
0: Yeah, and motivates you to get it done so that you can tell people, I've achieved this. And yeah, like we explore through our podcast, it holds you accountable for achieving what you want to achieve.
1: Part of what he's talking about is telling people that support you. So not random, so you don't need to talk people's ear off about the things you're trying to achieve. But... Um, You know, your family or your close friends tell them to make you accountable so that in the nicest and most positive way, you are punished with shame at the end of it, which, you know, isn't a great thing, but it is a motivator.
0: Yes, definitely. Do you hold your friends accountable to hold you accountable for certain (laughs) things? I know I do that. I say, please tell me if I'm doing something wrong.
1: Yeah, no, I have done that, though, um, especially with food. So uh, it'll be like, okay, don't let me eat after dinner. And then I'll be reaching for a bag of chips, you know, around 8, 9pm, and they'll tell me, do you want to eat those chips? But I don't take it in the best way. I want to get better at this because I might say, yes, I want to eat these chips, and then I get a bit defensive. Right. Yeah. You
0: see, I'm the friend who's like, you're not eating those chips. (laughs) Give me the bag. (laughs) But
1: I'm I'm probably going to get a bit annoyed, and I'm going to be like, but I want these chips, Uh, and I won't want to listen to you. But (laughs) if I can withstand my feeling about wanting chips and that pleasure that I'm going to get from eating it, then I'll be like, thank you. That's what I wanted. I didn't want to eat those Mm -hmm. bags of chips. There might be just like an angry moment there where I'm a bit like, you don't tell me what to do. You know, I'm an (laughs) independent woman. I'll eat them chips. So it's hard.
0: (laughs) So if you set yourself the goal to stop biting your nails... Tell everyone, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to stop biting my nails, watch them grow. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. in, in, in like a month's time, if they see that your nails have grown, great. It's like you can you can say, yeah, I've broken free of this bad habit. But, you know, if they see you in a month's time and they are destroyed, you have to live with it and you have to be able to explain it to others and thus explain it to yourself And that's an eye-opening experience, even if you don't achieve those goals, which is very realistic. I mean, we don't always achieve goals we set ourselves and habits are really difficult to break free from, you know. As the American Journal of Psychology states, like a habit is a fixed way of thinking that we've acquired through repetition and our previous experiences, which can be, you know, a lifetime, you know, and it's difficult to break a lifetime's worth of thinking and feeling about a certain thing. So yeah, it's been a very eye-opening episode, really looking into good and bad habits. But for next week, Ash, I think we should be holding ourselves accountable for some of these bad habits that we've expressed and maybe try and turn them into something good. Yeah. What do you think yours will be?
1: Uh, well, I think I want to get back into physical activity and things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to join the gym. I've been thinking about it for a while. And yeah, why not? This is the week to do it. Yeah, make
0: moves. Oh, there yeah. <laughs> I think for me, I need to figure out some way to tighten up my morning routine. So I need to hold off from watching shows in the morning and really find a way to Motivate myself and to really kickstart my day, so I have more time for my good habits. And mm-hmm. I mean, I do have a lot of good habits. I think you do as well. But yeah, I personally don't know how I'm gonna do it. But I'm giving myself mm-hmm. the week to figure it out. And yeah. who knows? Maybe I'll I'll fall into something. But yeah, I'm excited.
1: Maybe less time in the morning. So if you don't leave yourself such an so open waking slot, up
0: later. Yeah, ooh, that's daring. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's getting rid of the temptation. Whilst I'm more of, okay, let's get to the root of the problem, which Mm. is difficult. I don't think anyone can really tackle that in a week, but I want to be able to wake up early, feel motivated and not feel the need to procrastinate. Maybe meditating. Um, I find that waking up really early, it's like 5.36 a.m. (laughs) But waking up (laughs) early and meditating is a way for you to rest and be aware and be awake and and to really mentally prepare yourself for the day. Maybe Mm. that would be it. Who knows? I won't be giving up coffee, though.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, me neither. We don't even have to worry about that one. I think that's going to be a habit that we deal with at another time.
0: Yeah, we'll grab a coffee after this. (laughs) (laughs) See, we've had a great show today, guys. Remember to like us on facebook.com slash The Nudge Podcast if you aren't already and feel free to post on our page and let us know some bad habits that you've broken free from. We like to get inspired by all of our listeners as well and you can also follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Nudge Podcast.
1: If you want to listen to us again or you want to share the podcast with somebody else you can check us out on Omni or iTunes.
0: So yeah, thanks again guys and you'll hear from us next week.
1: Thanks guys, bye. (music)